0: And for our discussion today, I am joined by Asian Fund Management Industry Consultant, Stuart Oldcroft. uh, Good morning, Stuart. Good morning, Carolyn. And good evening to you, Barry Wood, RTHK's International Economics Correspondent.
1: Thank you. Good morning to you, Carolyn.
0: Good to speak to you. Now, we've obviously, the big news is President Xi and Biden both in San Francisco for their highly anticipated meeting. Stuart, what are you expecting from it?
2: But well, we've already seen one thing, which I'm sure a lot of people in the U.S. will be very pleased about, and that is that uh, the uh, Chinese side has agreed to limit uh, exports of uh, fentanyl to the U.S. So I think that, that will be a, a, a big pleaser for many people because of the problem with opioids and, and fentanyl being part of the opioid problem. Um, but what am I seeing from this, this meeting? Well, clearly, um, both sides have been preparing quite a lot. Um, But what is interesting is that they've already agreed that there won't be a communique at the end of it to say what we've been talking about. China um, wants to talk probably about uh, um, trade. Um, the economy in China is stalling a little bit, so they will want to be seeing an improvement in trade. Um, on the other hand, and, and they'll also probably want to have a very clear <clears throat> indication from the U.S. as to what it's doing to support Taiwan and, 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 and what it, it is, um, where it sits with regard to Taiwan. Um, what I hope will happen is that that over the four hours or so that they've allocated, no one topic will be uh, uh, completely dominant because there are so many different things that they will talk about. And you never know, we might even get to to the end of it and find that they'll agree to meet again sometime. Maybe Joe Biden will be invited to go to Beijing as the next trip.
0: And and what are you expecting, Barry? Anything more than what, what Stuart's had to say?
1: Well, I think stewart has got it right, and it's very significant that this is taking place. A four-hour gathering of just the leaders with their interpreters and principal aides, this is exceedingly positive. I think the fentanyl thing, which really involves Mexico, because that's where most of this these chemicals that are used, the chemicals come from China, then they're made into... Fentanyl, those opioids get across the border illegally. So, yeah, the Americans wanted that. I think there could be some agreements on climate. And, you know, what the Chinese are clearly looking for is some indication that the sanctions that have been on for several years now might be modified. The Americans are going to turn around and say, yeah, but... What about that phase one of the trade deal that seems in a distant memory? You didn't really make good on all those purchases. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some announcements about big-ticket items, aircraft being bought from Boeing, that kind of thing. But the fact that it is taking place, it will be Wednesday. It will dominate, really, I think, news in Asia, North America on Wednesday. And don't forget, we're just Tuesday night here in, in the U.S this is a big deal and no I don't think there's going to be any solid agreements but as Stewart indicated yeah I think it could lay the foundation for further meetings and that's likely to happen
0: now what about this $2,000 a head meeting for business executives what do you know about that and who's going to be there Everybody. Or what do
1: they want? <laughs> <laughs> that's an exaggeration of course but no all of the Silicon Valley people and that involves all of the tech companies that will be represented, Alphabet, Facebook, Meta, Apple, uh, you know, the the uh, other firms that are based in San Francisco, Elon Musk will be there. This tech summit, the meeting that President Xi is having with all that money being spent in a big banquet, that's just the kickoff. The fact is that when you've got 15 or so leaders from these various countries, there will be all these bilateral meetings with the heads of state and government, with the tech leaders. All of them want to have more investment from the Silicon Valley into their countries, the Indians in particular. And I noticed that Elon Musk is saying, yeah, but how about that 80% tariff you have on automobiles? We'd like to see that removed in the short term. So yeah, I think the CEO Summit... And the meeting that President Xi is having with all of these executives in the Bay Area, and some of it's going to be in Berkeley, across the Bay, this is exceedingly important.
2: I was quite amused by reading today that uh, there were tickets available to sit on the same table as the president, albeit that they were going for $40,000 each, <laughs> wow. U.S., that is. But, but, you know, the reality is, and let's, um, let's be quite clear about it, these tickets are cheap by comparison to those uh, probably many similar uh, chief executives and um, uh, chairmen of of companies from the U.S. that flew to Hong Kong in their private jets last week just to attend the Global Leaders Forum. So, um, uh, uh, you know, a lunch in uh, San Francisco, or dinner in San Francisco, 2,000 bucks a head, not so bad by comparison. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a very important point, Stuart, because, um, the, first of all, it's a long way that these guys have traveled from to get to Hong Kong. Now they've got the Chinese president and other Asian leaders in the Bay Area. And this business of the APEC summit really goes on for four or five days. You know, Wednesday is this kickoff event, but it's Thursday and Friday that the leaders are still going to be there. So they meet each other socially at a big dinner like we've talked about with President Xi and, you know, the $40,000 a table. But that only sets the stage for private meetings that go on, say, Thursday, Friday. So, yeah, I think it's significant.
0: So it's, I guess it's what's happening on the sidelines is often the, the biggest news from these events. But, exactly. But, exactly. But Stuart, I'd like to ask you, because uh, Hong Kong's financials uh, secretary, Paul Chan, has said he hopes to meet new friends there. So so what what is he hoping to gain?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, new friends. What does he mean by new friends? I <laughs> yeah. mean, everybody, everybody wants to be friends to everybody else when they're doing business. Um, so presumably these are going to be people that he's not met before who have not come to Hong Kong before um, because he's quite good at being open and and having her door open to uh, business leaders so uh, I wouldn't criticize him on that at all Uh, but making new friends yes if he can do so that would be good for Hong Kong. Um, The fact that he is the one that's representing Hong Kong at this rather than the chief executive well we know the reasons for that and that is uh, and and, and so probably um, the focus that he will have will be very much on the economic issues um, and hopefully he will get there. But, um, yeah, a, a very good and positive start that he's already making, I believe.
0: Now, are we expecting anything else? Obviously, you know, all the headlines are being grabbed by the She Biden meeting, but, but who else is going to be there and anything else you, you're expecting could come from it and, and possibly from these deals on the sidelines? Barry? Yeah.
1: Yes, I think, uh, first of all, the, the heads of Indonesia, and, and you know I, I, I don't have the full list in front of me because a lot of the people are just arriving now, um, but what the American business community, and that's banking, that is industry, and that's technology, they want a signal. They want a signal from the leaders meeting, Mr. Xi and Mr. Biden. That things are getting back towards normalization, not that things are getting better, but they're moving in that direction. That signal would be exceedingly important to the business community. As to other deals, we'll have to defer on that maybe for a couple of days.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think we'll see any big announcements, just immediately. Um, bear in mind, this is an APEC forum, so it's uh, uh, Pacific-based uh, com- c- countries that border the uh, Asia-Pacific. Um, there are, I think, 21 or so com- countries that are there. Um, so we've got Canada, U.S., Mexico, and uh, Southern America, and, um, as well as Australia and, uh, and, and Asian uh, countries all of whom will want something out of this meeting um, and so there's, there's a lot to be had and from the point of view of uh, global economics as well as uh, global politics this represents a very significant proportion of the world's population too um so uh, and and with um, the u.s and china the two largest economic powers in the world any agreement they make is going to be really positively received by the rest of the world
0: now you you spoke there about china's economy and and recovery continues to be sluggish sluggish kind of post-pandemic. We've got a a variety of data coming out today, including industrial production and and retail sales. Uh, Stuart, what are you expecting there?
2: Well, we're already seeing that the economy has slowed down quite uh, sharply. Um, Whether China goes into some form of recession is, of of course, some concern. Um, Inflation is definitely falling and there's possibly a deflation going on. Um, And and as we've talked many times in the past, uh, the property companies in China, which do represent a significant part of the economy, represent a very... um, a bad part of it too, because of their in, in indebtedness, which is what 600 billion US dollars or or more. Um, so yes, the the Chinese economy is not doing as well as it could do, and I think possibly um, the fact that um, uh, it isn't doing so well is also part of the reason why uh, Xi Jinping is 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 looking to try to boost something from the APEC meeting in San Francisco.
0: Barry, what, what are you expecting? Where, where where do your concerns lie? In terms of the United States economy? Or, or the, well, the, the Chinese economy. We can move on to the U.S. economy if you want in a minute and look at the inflation data.
1: <laughs> no, look, uh, you know, President Biden, I thought his statement that uh, he made at uh, Andrews Air Force Base before he left Earlier today for San Francisco was really quite good. He said, you know, that um, we want normalism. He didn't use the word normalism. We are not decoupling. We want trade and economic relations, but we're not going to turn over all our intellectual property for the price of a business relationship. And that says it all. So, you know, the Americans are cross about so many things about China. Uh, And of course, Russia and China have been drawn back together because of the sanctions that were levied against the Russians because of the Ukraine war. You know, the recognition that, again, Biden said China's economy is weak. So both these leaders under pressure from their own constituencies to not get close to the other and yet they're meeting. So maybe we're making too much of this meeting, but I do think it's important. As to the data, I think there's no surprise there, Stuart, has said it all.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So, so let's have a look at uh, Hong Kong now. Uh, I think, Stuart, you might want to talk, talk on this uh, and how China's sluggish recovery. Uh, how's it impacting us here?
2: Well, yes. I mean, Hong Kong, as we know, is very dependent on China. Uh, China has... Um, uh, and, and within the stock market, the Hang Seng Index now is 60, 70 percent China companies. So any reflection of um, improvement in China will come through on the Hong Kong Hang Seng Index. But uh, the Hong Kong economy has also been um, improving lately, but not e- enough uh, Through the increased number of tourists, we're we're up to about 70% of 2019 numbers, so that's quite a good uh, recovery. Bear in mind, and I think we sometimes forget it, it was only in February this year that the borders were reopened. So we've done pretty well given that sort of circumstance. Um, yes, uh, the GDP in Hong Kong is still well below the levels that uh, Paul Chan would like to see, but it's at least improving. Um, and I wouldn't, be, uh, I wouldn't try to push it too hard because we want to have recovery without uh, upsets on, along the way. And pushing it too hard could, could cause an upset. So Hong Kong is doing all right. Um, and uh, with more tourists, it is very clear that we probably next year we might even see a rest- Record of tourists, and that will be a major boost to the economy as a result.
0: Great chat, guys. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. It's been lovely to speak to both of you. That's Stuart Olcroft, who is Asian Fund Management Industry Consultant, and Barry Wood, RTHK's International Economics